This is Martha Bolton, and I'm the next guest coming up on On Screen and Beyond, and I look forward to talking about Bob Hope. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you so much for joining us for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 542 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with the guests from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we have an Emmy-nominated person coming our way. She is Martha Bolton. She was the first staff writer for Bob Hope. For years, she wrote his TV specials and his USO shows and things like that. And now, along with Bob's daughter, they've gotten together and they wrote a book called Dear Bob, Bob Hope's Wartime Correspondent with GIs of World War II. Now, this is a fascinating book, and we are going to take a fascinating look at a true Hollywood icon, Bob Hope, in this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So get ready. It's coming your way in just a few minutes. Martha Bolton to talk about Bob Hope. And uh, we got lots of things going on here, of course, as usual. We are moving along. I've put up a whole bunch more of the episodes of On Screen and Beyond because, like I told you, in case you're just new, we uh, have moved to another podcast provider. And uh, that uh, it involves stuff where I had to take everything down, all 500 and some odd episodes of On Screen and Beyond, and then I'm gradually putting them all back on, and uh, you'll have access to those. And uh, the best way to get them now is to subscribe, because uh, no matter which podcast provider you're doing, um, the best way is to subscribe, because otherwise, you're going to have to look through all the episodes that I'm posting which now we're up to about 60-something, and like I say, we have over 500 coming your way. So you would have to scroll through and figure out which ones you don't have and do have and all that sort of stuff. So uh, the best way is subscribe. It'll automatically pop up, and you'll get it, and then uh, you can listen to it from there. So that's the best way to do it. And, of course, if you uh, get a chance, I'd very much appreciate you putting a review up on uh, uh, Apple or, or wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, you know, if you put a nice five star review for us, that would be great. And you can rate us and get the word out about On Screen and Beyond, and uh, do us a, a, a big favor. So I hope you'll do that, and I hope you're enjoying the shows. Most of all, tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond. And uh, I've been looking over the stats of where our listeners are all over the world. And uh, California seems to be the one that is uh, has the most cities, individual cities, and uh, we appreciate that. And uh, what do you say? Why don't we get right into it? It's time for Remake Madness on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness, well, here's a short one. It's not much information about it, but the new Superman remake is coming our way from J.J. Abrams. And Universal is looking once again to start remaking their classic monster movies. A remake of The Wolfman starring Ryan Gosling is in the works. And look for James Wan, director of The Conjuring films. He's going to be leading a remake of Frankenstein. That's it for our Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. 
Upcoming new movies, well, it looks like George Clooney and Julia Roberts will be teaming up once again, and they're going to be starring in a romantic comedy called A Ticket to Paradise. It's about two divorced parents headed to Bali to stop their daughter from making the same mistake they did. And uh, let's see, Frank Grillo of uh, Captain America and the Purge will star in an action thriller called M.I.A. He plays a man who wakes with no memory, yet everybody, everybody in the criminal world is out to kill him. Filming starts mid-2021. And Alice Eve of Star Trek movie fame will star in The Queen Mary. Now, this is the first horror film in a planned trilogy which takes place aboard that haunted ship and that's it for upcoming new movies next on on screen and beyond we're going down to sequel city to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sequel City, well, it looks like The Quiet Place 2 now has been changed to be released on May 28, 2021. And it was coming out in August, but now it's going to be moved up to May 14th for the release of Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway. And Fast and Furious 9 moved from May 28th to June 25th for their release. Movies are moving backwards and forwards and everything else, and we'll try to keep you updated on that. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming away as far as TV on DVD? <laughs> TV on DVD, well, CSI New York, the complete series, comes to DVD on May 18th, and it stars, of course, past guest here at On Screen and Beyond, Gary Sinise. And the best of share in a five-disc DVD set will be available for the first time at retail... And also, Time Life brings you Austin City Limits Country, a first-ever 10-disc uh, collection from uh, timelife.com. And that's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Movies on DVD. Movies on DVD, Tom Hanks stars in News of the World. It uh, came out on digital on March 9th, and you can get it on Blu-ray, DVD, and 4K on March 23rd. May 18th, Last Action Hero will land on 4K Ultra HD. It stars none other than Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course. And on March 23rd, the 1955 British film The Dam Busters rides on to Blu-ray that's coming up, like I said, on March 23rd. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. (laughs) TV and Entertainment Time. The Orville is getting another season, and it has started production on Season 3. Ed O'Neill and Sissy Spacek will star in a new sci-fi TV show on Amazon Prime called Light Years. It's about a couple who discover a chamber beneath their backyard that uh, leads to a deserted planet in outer space. No release date yet on that. And Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard 
Well, they're going to be hosting a new game show called Family Game Night, and it's possibly coming your way in the fall. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we have Martha Bolton joining us. And like I had said earlier, she was a writer for Bob Hope for years and years, writing his TV specials and also his USO shows. She has a new book out along with Bob's daughter, and it's called Dear Bob. Bob Hope's wartime correspondence with GIs of World War II. Martha Bolton is coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Our guest today on On Screen and Beyond was nominated for an Emmy. She also was the first female staff writer for entertainment legend Bob Hope, who she worked for for 15 years, writing for his TV specials, personal appearances, and military USO shows. She has teamed with Bob Hope's daughter, Linda Hope, to write a new book called Dear Bob, Bob Hope's Wartime Correspondence with the GIs of World War II. It's Martha Bolton. Martha, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure to be on and talking about a wonderful human being and American Bob Hope. Well, Martha, there's, uh, you know, we'll get into the book uh, a oh, little okay. in just a second, but uh, let's start out uh, for, just so the people know, um, what was Bob Hope like? <laughs> well, I'll put it to you this way. In 15 years, he never said an unkind word to me, so that's a pretty good uh, uh tribute to a boss, I would say. <laughs> so he was just a wonderful human being, and uh, obviously he was uh, fun and witty, and at, at meetings he would always, if you if you got into a competition of wits with him, you'd lose. <laughs> <laughs> I never I never tried it, but some of the other uh, uh, older writers had, had tried it, and he always, he always topped them, so he was very quick on his feet and could, um, you know, have a comeback before you got all your words out. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was just a great human being. He well, was a, a great, great human being. Yeah, he seemed it. I mean, you know, from, of course, you know, we're on t- when he's on TV, we're watching him, and he, he just seems so down-to-earth and so nice. He was. He was, uh, it was, you know, you'd be in meetings with him, and it'd be like sitting there talking to, you know, just a, a friend. I mean, he he was so easy to... Uh, to work with and and to be around, and one a lot of the things that you saw were things that were behind the scenes. Like we would be all day taping at NBC uh, for you know the new special, and uh, sometimes it was the whole weekend. It would you know be like Saturday, and then we'd come back on Sunday or Friday, Saturday, and he it would start in the morning and it'd go into the evening, uh, late sometimes at night. Now, the audience would be invited to stay if they wanted to stay, but they would be dismissed. And Bob would stay and do uh, public service announcements and um, charity uh, fundraisers. He would do all of these uh, recordings for these different charities. And he would stay and stay and stay. And he's in his 80s and 90s. And... He'd, he'd still be there on stage. No matter who was in the audience, he'd still be doing these charities. And this is something that he just did behind the scenes. He was 
um, more than willing to help any charity. Hmm. Wow. Incredible human being. Yeah. And, and now this wasn't just, I mean, you worked with him for 15 years, but, uh, I mean, this is something he did basically all the way back to World War II. I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. And that, that uh, de- definitely is, it was part of who he is. He just, he couldn't do enough for other people. He couldn't do enough for the GIs. And um, he just was a, was a giving person. Hmm. Wow. That's incredible. And, uh, and uh, like you say, with the 15 years that you were with him, uh, you wrote some of the, the different shows that he, that he did. And uh, like uh, there was one in Hawaii, there was one in Moscow, there was one in Bermuda, there was Saudi Arabia. I mean, <laughs> we can go on. Now, yeah. did you get to go to all those places, too? Well, um, uh, I, not really. I, but, but I went in spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, he would usually take his head writer um, to, especially the, like the um, the military shows and whatnot. But we would get calls all the time while they were on the road, mm-hmm. uh, and you know he needs this for this, and then we you know turn in more jokes. So you felt like you were there, but but you didn't have to go through all the travel pain. Right. <laughs> <laughs> huh. So, and, and how did you become? the first female staff writer for him. I mean, was this your first job in the business? No, I had been writing for uh, different comedians, Phyllis Diller, Joan Rivers, different different ones. Wow. I had gotten um, uh, connected with them and had been pretty steadily writing for them. And then I wanted to get into uh, television sitcom writing, and so I had I had read a book by a gentleman who was the uh, creative consultant for Mama's Family. He he had also been a writer for Carol Burnett's show, and um, so I I connected with him. I, I wrote him a letter and told him my background. And he and we had something in common because he used to roast. He worked uh, at uh, he was a um, engineer, and he. He used to roast the his boss and different ones. Well, I did the same thing. So, in my letter, I, I said, you know, that you know we have a lot in common. I, I I've done roasts and I wrote for Phyllis Diller, and he had written for Phyllis. And so, anyway, he uh, wrote me back and invited me to come down and see a taping of Mama's Family. And so I did, and I had brought this scrapbook of all my uh, uh, writings up to that point. I had a newspaper column and, and different magazine articles and, and comedy writing. And so he was so encouraging. He said, you should be writing for Hollywood. And he encouraged me to, to go home and write a spec script for Mama's Family. So I didn't have a typewriter at that, at that moment. It was not working. So for a quarter for 20 minutes I went down to the local library and sat down and, and wrote up two um, spec scripts for Mama's family and, and yeah and got it to him and then he got it to Ed Simmons the uh, producer and Ed told me he was going to uh, he loved the work and told me he was going to call me in the next um, time you know the next for the next season and pitched some shows for him, 
And uh, what happens in Hollywood is the show got canceled at that time. <laughs> so, I, you know, it's always an up-and-down situation. Mm-hmm. But uh, Gene uh, went ahead, and he recommended me to Bob Hope. He was, he was a writer for Bob Hope at that time. And uh, so he recommended me, and I turned in some material. He gave me a topic. I turned him in. Uh, and then one night, we had uh, we had gone out for the evening, my husband and I, came home, and he took the babysitter home, and the phone rings, and it's late. It's like, 11, you know, past 11, um, 11.30, something like that. And I pick up the phone, and lo and behold, it was Bob Hope. Wow. <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah, and then he told me he loved my my writing and gave me some more topics, and it just started from then on, and he just kept calling, and then wow. I became, I came on staff, and hmm. that's how it happened. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned that you had written for Phyllis Diller, and, and mm-hmm. Bob Hope and Phyllis Diller, I mean, they weren't quite the same style, but they were similar in style, um, and of course, they actually worked together in... in Film a lot, I, I, yeah. I, can, I can right. Remember, I, I can't remember what the name of the movie was, but it was, they were in the army, and I remember that <laughs> there was one at least. <laughs> yeah, it was. A, yeah, yeah. And then, boy, did I get the wrong number. It was one. Yes, and, yes. Um, the um, with Phyllis, it, I, I did like with Joan Rivers. I did uh, housekeeping and aging jokes and those kind of things, which was a different style than. Bob did. Right. He did some of he did some aging, but uh, his was a, a different style. You, when you're writing for different comedians, which I I have written for um, uh, different, you know, different styles, different, um, you know, how they develop their character or whatnot, and you have to kind of study them for a while to to really get in and hone in on that voice, mm-hmm. and then once. Once you nail it, then when you're going to write for Phyllis, then you've got this little Phyllis in your head, and you're writing those jokes, so it's coming out in her voice. And then when you're writing for Bob Hope, then it's Bob Hope in, right. in there, and and anybody else that you write for, um, you you just have to get into their voice and and know what sounds like them and what doesn't sound like them. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever write anything that they read it and said? This doesn't sound like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, but one thing is funny. Uh, there was this one newspaper that uh, uh, had interviewed me, and then when they printed the some jokes that I had given them in the article, they had mixed them up and had given a Joan Rivers joke <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to Phyllis and and vice versa. And one of the writers called me up, and and in fact, it was Gene, and and said, you know that. Uh, that didn't really sound like her, you know. And I said, no, they got them mixed up. It wasn't her joke, you know. So, well, yeah, yeah. That's... So, why, dear Bob, what what possessed you to come up with this book at, at this time? Well, uh, this is a book that that uh, Linda and I had been had worked on years before when Bob was still alive, and uh, I had I had gone through the letters and, and had done a lot of work and I met with, you know, I talked with Bob and uh, met with Linda and we talked about it, doing it and had gotten pretty far along on it, but then it got, uh, you know, uh, put aside with other projects and whatnot. But then a few years ago, Linda 
uh, called me or uh, emailed me and said, are you still interested in doing that book? And and I I was so thrilled because this is a story that I just believe uh, people are, you know, are interested in and they, and they don't even know the depth of the relationship between Bob and the GIs and the GIs and Bob. And I didn't know it, and I had worked with him, but when you read these letters, it comes through every letter. It's just amazing at, at this relationship. It wasn't a fan letter to a big celebrity. It was a friend to a friend, and th- they just, they loved him, and he loved them right back. And I'm thrilled to be able to to put it out there and, and um, let everyone get to know another side of Bob Hope. And it, it, this is, we know about his career, but this is his heart. Yeah. Now, is it true that he was getting, at one point, 38,000 letters a week? Yes, a week. A week? At the height of the wow. war, yes. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said in the book that he was the uh, uh, postman's nightmare and GI Joe's hero. So, yeah, it is. It is insane. But yeah, he see that's the thing about Bob is he did this at the height of his. He was he was a major star. Oh yeah. He didn't he didn't have to do any of this. It wasn't like he needed it for his career. Mm-hmm. This was just his heart. And as and it it got deeper over the years, so it's pretty impressive when you think about it that oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. what he everything he sacrificed. Yeah, I mean, for like it. you say, he, he didn't have to do this when he was in his eighties and, and and getting to be nineties and everything. And right, uh, you know, I mean, most people are saying, okay, I, I, I'm not traveling to so and such <laughs> such a place and exactly. doing this, you know. But exactly. yet he continued. I mean, his was, last military show, uh, he was eighty seven, and he's climbing in and out of helicopters, and he's <laughs> doing wow. when he could be. You know, cruising down to Rio, right. he, yeah. he just eighty-seven year old. How 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 many eighty-seven year old people do you know that would would go to a battlefield? Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and now there's a good point too. I mean, you know, I know they protected him and everything, and it was, but but still, there's always that chance that something could have happened. Well, it's even more than a chance because there 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 were several times when it got really close where they had a bombing. Uh, you know, happened during the show pretty close by, and wow. uh, just yeah, I mean, he he got uh, he got some close calls, but which the, you know you could see that how it could happen. Yeah, but I mean, this must have. I mean, you know, I mean, war is horrible, and it's it's something that you know you don't want and everything. But it, when they're out there, and for him to come there for them, it, it, I mean, it, it's just something that you know most people would not do and it's 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 i don't know i I just can't can't come up with words on you know why a person that has everything would do that you know exactly and and he would he would not only go to the big you know um you know the big crowds he would if there was a, a little group that that wanted him to come or he'd hear about him and he'd get in a jeep and 
he'd go down there and find him. This one story, which I love, one of the letters that that, uh, one of the soldiers wrote, he was thanking Bob because he had he had gone uh, to with his group to go see him, and they had hiked some ten miles to to um, to see him. But by the time they got there, it was it was so crowded, and and there were so many thousands of GIs there that they couldn't you know really see him or hear him. So they they turned around and left, and Bob got in uh, in a jeep with some of the stars and they went out and found them on the road and they put on a private show just for them for 40 minutes in the rain. Wow, gee. Isn't that incredible? Yes. I mean, you know, the man was, you know, I mean, I didn't know him, of course, but uh, he he just, he, he sounds like a, an incredible person. He, he yes, and and so much of it he didn't tell. Uh, like that story, I would you you know you wouldn't know it had this letter not been in there talking about it. Yeah, we'll be back with more of our guests right after this short break. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere Thursday at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. So tell us more a little bit how the book is structured. Is, is it basically, um, is it the, the letters themselves and then you've written something with, along with it? Or is it, how is that working? Yeah, uh, we we did uh, introductions, of course, and uh, uh, from Linda, and then uh, one from me, and then the chapters are. It's not chronological, but it's a, a little bit chronological, but not exactly. But it's mainly divided into chapters that have to do with, like, I'm missing my sweetheart. You know, dear Bob, I'm missing my sweetheart. Dear Bob. Um, Greetings from the foxhole. Dear Bob, here's what's shaking. Uh, we're there telling him the news. Uh, dear Bob, um, the beaches look better in the brochure. Uh, it's, it's divided up like that. And then it, but it goes through the war and, um, and then it ends up with telling more about, you know, his, the 50 years and, and, uh, um, what all he what all he did mm. for the military? Yeah. It must have been heart wrenching for him, though, to read some of these these letters that he would get. Oh yeah, there's uh, there's one quote in there where he uh, where he says he he can't uh, he can't read them without without crying. And he had told me the same thing that you know they just they just choke him up these oh, letters. Sure. Um, yeah, Jeez. yeah, it's pretty. Uh, um, this is if you if you want I I can read it to you. Uh, this one quote of his: I can't read those letters without crying. I saw their young faces. Some of them were only eighteen or nineteen years old. I sympathize with their families. The pain and anguish never dies if you lost a loved one over there. The parents tell me whether their sons were frightened or not. Often these boys were away from home for the first time in their lives. They say thank you for making my son laugh before he died. 
they'll tell me what he was like as a child, whether he had a girl waiting for him back home, what his dreams were. I will always feel sad for those who died, but I know God has not forgotten them. Wow. That is, that's really something. Uh, And how, how could you pick out of 38,000 letters a week, <laughs> never mind Never mind each week, but... but I would, know. I mean, the 38,000 in one week would have been enough to make how many volumes of, oh. of this oh, book? Oh, I know. <laughs> so it how, was hard. It was really, really hard to to select which ones, but sure. I, I wanted to have a, a variety of both funny, because there's plenty of funny ones in here as well. The soldiers would send him just whatever, you know, anything that they thought was funny, they'd send it to him. In fact, one soldier uh, sent him, he shaved off his goatee and mailed it to Bob. (laughs) (laughs) But they had this, they had this relationship where they could play pranks on each other. They would write on anything they could get their hands on. They wrote on paper bags. They wrote on coconut shells. They wrote on uh, toilet, toilet tissue. Uh, and it, it's just, you know, it, it just is a real uh, interesting read. But I wanted to have both, you know, the, his humor to come through, and and it's both the the soldier's letter and his letters back. So it's a back and forth. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted the to, uh, to to pick a lot of the funny ones, and then also a lot of the um, heart wrenching ones that. You just can't help but um, keep the tissue nearby <laughs> because yeah. it'll tug at your heart. But mm. but it was real. It was reality, yeah. you know, at that time. And these people that are out there in the battlefield, when they were getting these letters from Bob Hope, I mean, they probably never expected to get a letter back from him. Oh, right. And And so many of the letters say that. They say, you'll probably never read this or you'll probably, it'll never get to you. In fact... It's, it's one interesting thing is they would write to him and they wouldn't know his address. So they would just mail it, you know, to Bob Hope in care of Paramount or NBC, NBC or Bob Hope, you know, um, I don't know, you know, wherever he, I don't know where, but somewhere near, probably somewhere near Hollywood. (laughs) So it was almost like writing to Santa Claus. You just knew it was going to, it was going to reach him somehow, you know, and, and it did, it did. Wow. That's, uh, I mean, he's such an amazing person. Uh, It's just. Absolutely. Yeah. It, uh, it, it just, and, and people admired him both, you know, they admire him today, but you, you look back and uh, just the world admired him. At the, during that time, it was he was um, they couldn't say enough about him of, of bringing hope and um, you know regenerating that that feeling of home uh, for the boys that so needed it. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it, it was you know like you say something they needed and they really were thrilled to be able to have a little bit of home again. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it's, um, it's an honor to be able to share, share this with, um, with everyone who knew that he had a relationship with the GIs, but I, th- I think they're going to be amazed at how, uh, how deep it went. Hmm. Wow. 
Now, what, what was the toughest part of writing this book for you? Crying. <laughs> <laughs> it, it must have been emotional. I mean, I'm oh, sure. Oh, man. Yeah, every time I would read through it, there's just certain letters that you just sit there and, oh, my goodness, you just you just fall. Um, and, and then the selection. The selection was was hard, but you knew it when you came up on a letter. You said, okay, you know, that's got to go in. That's got to go in. Um, so that was the main, uh, the main things, but I was just so driven, uh, driven with getting it finished. And, and, um, the hardest thing I think now that you say that, and then I think it's true for both me and Linda is that he's not here to see it. True. The finished product. Yes. That's I'm the sure. hardest. But Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was just a, an amazing person. And, uh, so, Dear Bob, Bob Hope's wartime correspondence with the GIs of World War II. It's an incredible book. It's, it's, I'm sure people will be laughing, like you say, and crying. Uh, it's a book they just want to get. Uh, so, uh, and Mothard, thank you for your time to uh, oh, put this together. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's, somebody has to do it, and, and you've done it. And that's, uh, you know, we, we owe you a gratitude, you know, for doing that. Well, it was my honor, and um, definitely was for him. Yeah. Well, Martha, I'd like to finish up with uh, one final question, which takes us away from your book, which everybody should go out and get, <laughs> dear Bob. <laughs> and uh, but when you're when you're not reading thirty eight thousand letters to Bob Hope <laughs> a week, um, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what are your favorite movies now and of the past? Oh, wow. Um, well, definitely, you know, a, a lot of uh, uh, comedies <laughs> and Hope specials. That's, that's definitely a, uh, high on the list. But uh, comedies, I love comedies that just all of the old comedians. I love the old comedians and the movies that they were in, and they just seemed, uh, you know, to they were just downright funny. They didn't have to depend on shock or right. exactly. language or anything else. I mean, they were just funny. And so, I any of those those comedians are are high up on my list, and um, love it, and. Uh, on TV, I, I, uh, I've been enjoying Shark Tank <laughs> of today, so yeah. I think that's that's been pretty interesting it's to funny. watch. It's it. funny you mentioned yeah, that. It is funny. Well, well, well it's, uh, it's, well, it's funny you mentioned funny. it, because my daughter is the casting director for that show. <laughs> is she really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, I love it. I, I am hooked. So. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just love the... The comedy of, you know, you just can't beat the comedy. Well, growing up, I, you know, the Honeymooners, Lucy, you know, I Love Lucy, all, all of those were just, you know, Bob, Bob's movies and whatnot. They just were Jerry Lewis. I was a big Jerry Lewis fan. Oh, yeah. Um, just, I, I kind of followed comedy uh, since I was a kid, and I would collect jokes and um, just, just always... <laughs> Always gravitated toward comedy. So hmm. now, does does Thanks. a writer ever steal jokes? You know, from the the far past. You know. <laughs> well, you mean as far as like um, when you write a joke, sometimes have you ever written a joke that you know you saw in a movie 
No, you try to be, you know, you want, it, you have to stay original. But I, I, I have noticed, though, sometimes you'll hear a comedian and they'll tell a joke and you, you're like, wait a minute, that was a Bob Hope joke back <laughs> in the 40s. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that happens. Yeah, I have recognized a lot of those. Mm. And, and it's funny in, in reading, you know, going through a lot of his material, even things that, I, you know, lines that I didn't realize were his, and then you hear him telling it on a, on stage, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're like, woo, that's where that came from. <laughs> uh, well, Martha, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to talk to us and telling us about uh, an incredible book and an amazing person, Bob Hope. And people should go out and get Dear Bob, Bob Hope's wartime correspondence with the GIs of World War II. And I thank you so much, Martha. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Once again, I cannot thank enough Martha Bolton for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond and letting us know so much about the icon, Bob Hope. And uh, don't forget to get her book, Bob Hope. Dear Bob, Bob Hope's Wartime Correspondence with G.I.s of World War II. Sounds like a fascinating book, so I hope you'll pick that one up. And uh, thank Martha once again for joining us here and letting us know about it. Well, so much, so much, so much just going on, and we have got to uh, get, tell you once again that uh, if you would please, you know, leave us a review, let your n- neighbors or your friends know about On Screen and Beyond, let them know, and as we put the, more of the episodes up from the past. We'll have over 542 of them eventually as I get things moving along. But I've been putting a whole bunch on and uh, we'll get some great ones that uh, I just put up and uh, you want to check those out. And you can go to uh, you know any of the providers and you'll see them popping up as we go along. The best thing to do, once again, i got to remind you, subscribe to On Screen and Beyond wherever you are going to be. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, You'll notice that the old one that we had, uh, uh, which is um, On Screen and Beyond, and then it says the Entertainment Podcast, uh, the new one just says On Screen and Beyond, and it has my name underneath it. So uh, that's the one you want to get. That's the one where you want to leave a review or if you want to do anything. I only have two up on the old one, but because of the change and everything, we had to uh, sort of put that one aside. But uh, if you've been subscribing to that, you're not getting the new episode. So turn around and subscribe to the uh, the new one, and uh, then you know the old one. Eventually, I'm going to get uh, delete that one, so it won't be so confusing anymore for you or for me. Believe me, and uh, we'll see what we can do about clearing that out. But I want to hold on to that for a little bit longer, so in case people are uh, trying to figure out if we're putting up more episodes, well, they'll you know hopefully come to the new site. So, and uh, that's about it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zimrak. Take care. (laughs) 